let's stand to Acts chapter number 20 tonight, Acts chapter number 20. And uh, how many of you like me, you, you enjoy Christmas music? And I, I just love Christmas music, and it's, it's a shame we only get to sing it. Some people sing Christmas music in July. I, I haven't done that, but uh, I know some folks try to get started early. But uh, it's always a joy to sing that. There's so much, uh, really, there's so much theology in a lot of Christmas songs. And I, I've just enjoyed the music today. Appreciate all that have had a part in that. Tonight's message is uh, entitled, It's Time to Decide. And I hope this is a very practical uh, message tonight. It's one for every last one of us, young and old alike. And uh, so as we read tonight from Acts 20, we're going to begin in verse 17. We'll read down to verse 24. And uh, let's do this. We haven't done it in a while. Let's read responsively. So I'll read verse 17. You read verse 18, I'll read verse 19, and we'll read that way down to the end of our passage tonight, all right? So I'll begin in verse 17, you pick it up in verse 18. And the Bible says in verse number 17, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith, to, uh, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, save, saving, uh, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Tremendous passage tonight. Let's have a word of prayer and I'll let you be seated. Lord, thank you for this evening. Bless your word, Lord. Be with us as your people in these days that you've given us to be a witness for you, to be faithful in these days. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. As we look at this passage tonight, I am reminded, like others in the Bible, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a man that was faithful to God's call on his life. Uh, I know that most of you in here tonight, if you thought about your life, you would probably say, God hasn't called me into ministry. It may not be said of you, like maybe myself or Brother Kenny or others, that God has called you into ministry or placed a call on your life to full-time ministry. But I am a firm believer that God, God wants every Christian to live a life of service, that God has placed a call on our life. I think you'll see that tonight. It's evident that once we are saved, that God has saved us and left us here to serve Him. And it is the life that God would have for all of us, but The example tonight that we will look at is Paul as he traveled around and oftentimes we call his missionary journeys that Paul would travel from city to city and he would begin to witness and to share the gospel and to see people come to the saving knowledge of Christ and then he would establish churches like ours, local churches and oftentimes we look in our New Testament of our Bible, those church epistles Uh, We find that to the church in Rome, to the church in Philippi, to the church in Colossae, to the church in Thessalonica, they were local assemblies of believers that had been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul, like all of us, was just being faithful to the Lord. And these people that uh, God had allowed him to instrumentally reach with the gospel... Paul had been faithful in in corresponding with them to writing to them, and when he had the opportunity, he would visit them and he would spend time with them talking about that, especially those 
that God had touched them in those churches, that Paul had had the opportunity to mentor some of those men in those churches, that they became the leaders of those churches. That's, that's what our missionaries do when they go to uh, maybe Thailand or they go to Mongolia or they, wherever that God may send them, is they'll go and scratch off a spot and they'll begin to witness for the Lord. They'll see people saved and then God may begin to work on the heart of maybe a young man or maybe somebody that's middle-aged and and the, the missionary who's in the role of a pastor, he might sense that God is working on that man's heart and what he might do is begin to train him, to teach him, to mentor him because what a missionary oftentimes will do, like Paul did in his work, is he will then, after he has trained that individual, he'll turn the work over to that person who will become the pastor of that, that work and then he'll go somewhere else and start all over again. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to see it, but it is God's plan. And Paul was being faithful as he was mentoring those that he had trained in these particular cities. Paul, in, in our passage tonight, was in Ephesus, and he was challenging these men that the Bible identifies as elders. Now, the word elder, and I don't want to take all time tonight, but understand that there are terms in our Bible that oftentimes are misunderstood. Some of those are terms that are synonymous with the office of a pastor. Now, it's really the, the, the easiest way to get a hold of this concept is when you study the Bible, here's what you find is there's really only two offices or officers in the church. We're talking about a true Bible-believing church. Now, even some Baptist churches have strayed from what the Bible teaches. But when you look at the Word of God, there are two offices. One is a pastor, and the other is a deacon. These are the two offices. Uh, between those two, the pastor is the one that God has given the oversight. He is an under-shepherd. The Lord is the chief shepherd. The pastor is under the direction, the leadership of God and His Holy Spirit, and then the office of a deacon really is a minister, a waiter on tables, a servant by the very title. And we're privileged to have some tremendous men that serve in the capacity of a deacon here in our church. And there are biblical qualifications for a pastor and for a deacon. But there are other words that are used in the Bible. One of those words is the word elder. Now, in this particular passage where we see Paul address, addressing the Ephesian elders, he is addressing individuals that are pastors, they're leaders, and Paul is challenging those in Ephesus that just like he has been, that he was challenging them also to be faithful to the Lord. I believe that faithfulness is vital if we want to continue to experience God's richest blessings on our church. We must be faithful in these days. Can I tell you, listen, the devil does not take vacation and we shouldn't either as a Christian. We need to make sure that we are being faithful, that we are, we are being faithful in all areas of our life as a Christian. And we live, listen, one thing I understand about this society that I'm living in, that I've grown up in, is that society is always changing, is it not? But our God never changes. You see, God, to me, is a constant. There is just something sure about my God. I love the fact that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, you know, you, you think about this. He said, Malachi said, I am the Lord, I change not. I had uh, one sister uh, of my three sisters when I was growing up. One sister, she was constantly, constantly, like some people in the world today, she was always trying to keep up with the latest. Latest fashions. A lot of people try to keep up with the latest gadgetry and electronics. You'd go broke trying to keep up with some of that stuff. You know, I, I'm still using an, an iPhone 1, and they're on 10 now. You know, I'm just kidding. But nonetheless, I mean, there's just, they're just constantly... Uh, updating things, but, I, but the, the Bible says when you think about the Lord, it says it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. 
They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't you glad God is faithful? You know, look, you know what God has for you tomorrow? God has new mercies tomorrow. How many of you think you're going to need some mercy from the Lord tomorrow? Yeah. And, and look here. And you know that it's going to be there because great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful to give us new mercy every day. And see, while God is faithful, a lot of times we are not. Uh, the Bible likens us to sheep. We are prone to wander. There are some people that we love dearly, but they're not here in this body of believers anymore because they have wandered. Uh, they have strayed away. And we need to be careful in our lives because when we are not faithful, we will oftentimes wander away from God. What we need is we need God's strength. We need God's spirit if we are going to be faithful. That's why I love to study certain characters in the Bible because they encourage me that their strength came from the Lord. It wasn't what they were doing. Paul was one of those individuals. We studied in our Sunday school hour this morning how Paul, God used him to kind of get in the face of the apostle Peter to try to correct something that wasn't right in Peter's life. Now, again, I, wouldn't, I mentioned I, I wouldn't want to be Peter. I wouldn't want Paul in my face, but I, I'm always glad that when I get off course, when I get off track in my life, I'm glad you, God uses somebody because the Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. I need that in my life, but I'm glad for those that, that have God's strength and God's spirit and they are being faithful. And Paul here was sharing with these leaders from Ephesus that he was going to go to Jerusalem. And he realized because of his faithfulness to God. Now listen, his faithfulness to God as he went to Jerusalem, Paul knew when he got there. He didn't know exactly what it would be. He didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but he knew that there was something that was going to be there waiting for him in the form of suffering. I wonder, would we be faithful to go to Jerusalem anyway if we knew that there would be suffering there waiting for us? Some of you are saying, Pastor, you're describing my job. <laughs> I realize, listen, we might laugh at some folks when they go to work. They, they, they endure things on their job. They have to deal with things as they go to work. And so what Paul was saying when he was telling these leaders in Ephesus, look, I know when I go to Jerusalem, I know that I'm going to face some form of persecution. Look in your Bible again. Look at verse 22 at what he says here. He says, behold, I go bound in the spirit of Jerusalem. Look at the words, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24, he says, but none of these things move me. Can you get a hold of that tonight? Paul says, look, I, I'm not going there to, to check into the Holiday Inn. I realize that something is going to befall me there. And he says, I don't know, not knowing the things that are going to befall me. He says in verse 24, none of these things move me. In other words, they're not going to get me sidetracked. I'm just going to be faithful. Folks, I'm, I'm hoping tonight that God by his spirit will encourage you the way he encouraged me as I thought about this passage. This has been one of my favorite passages over the years that I have come to, but I'm thinking about, listen, if we are going to be like Paul, if we're going to finish our race faithful, just like Paul made a decision and he told it to those Ephesian elders, he says, look, I am going to Jerusalem. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I am going to stay faithful to God because God has been faithful to me. And so I think in our lives, just like Paul, I think we need to make a decision that no suffering or setbacks will ever prevent us from being faithful to the Lord. What was it that kept Paul going forward? What was it that, that, that compelled Paul 
to go into Jerusalem even though he was pretty sure that something was going to happen to him when he got there. In other words, how can we, in 2018 going into 2019, how can we stay faithful to the Lord? Let me give you three things that might help you. Number one, I see that Paul was bound by compassion. He was bound by compassion. Paul had a burden for people. I mean, when Paul saw people, listen to me now, when he saw people, he did not think of people as an irritation. He saw them as living souls. He had a burden for people. The Bible says that Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they fainted and were uh, scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I mean, when Paul wrote to those in the church in Corinth, which was a young church that was struggling in its early beginning, Paul shares how he had a burden for the unsaved. Look at Acts 18.5. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Now we know the word Christ there means Messiah, the anointed one, that he was the long-awaited one, the savior of the world. And when something is on our hearts, like it was on Paul's heart, when something is on our heart, listen, we want to tell others about it. I mean, folks, uh, you know, any in here, anybody in here ever having a hard time keeping a secret? Yeah. Brother Kenny was outing himself when he was uh, speaking last week, and he said, I buy stuff for my wife, and, I, and you, know, you know how to solve that? Number one, don't buy nothing for your wife. <laughs> or number two, buy it right before. Maybe that would be the way to go right there, because Miss Becky sure likes things. But here's the thing is, is that uh, Brother Kenny said, I just can't help myself. He says, I just want to tell her what it is. Well, folks, can I tell you that if the Lord's done a work in your heart the way he's done in mine, the way he's done in the Apostle Paul's, you ought to want to tell other people about him. Uh, folks, listen, everywhere we go, we ought to tell people about Jesus. You know, he, listen, he is the reason for the season. And, and folks, people need to understand, and this is what Paul, Paul, listen, wherever he went, remember, he was in prison, and he was there in, at, at midnight. Paul and Silas, they sang praises unto God. They had a prayer meeting in the prison. Uh, the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, listen, you just need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, everywhere this man went, he could not be silenced. You know why? Because the fate of eternity rested upon his being a witness for the Lord. He cared too much about people that he could not help himself but to tell them about Jesus. And I guess the thought I had was, do I care the way Paul does? Do I care about people? I've, I've told people, and I've meant it, but I've, I've been standing on people's doorsteps, and I've said to them, listen, you may not understand this, but I love you. And they look at me like, you don't even know who I am. But then I tell them, I love you because God loves you. See, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. And, and I think about Paul here and how he cared enough. He was burdened for people. But notice, the Bible says he was bound to witness. He was bound in the spirit. It's interesting that the, the terminology here was that Paul was actually bound before he was bound if you understand what I'm saying tonight, that there was something that was in Paul's heart. There was a strong leading by the Holy Spirit of God in his life, as well as a strong desire in, in Paul's heart that he wanted to follow the Lord, and he was giving the Holy Spirit. Listen, this is the key, is, is that we need to yield our lives to allow the Holy Spirit freedom and allow the Holy Spirit to direct us, to help us to to, to go to the people that we need to. When the Holy Spirit has his way in your life and mine, the Holy Spirit will develop compassion and he'll give us an urgency in our lives to witness to other people. Sometimes I've been out with folks and I've, I've been kind of ashamed of myself because, uh, you know, somebody will start to witness. I've told the story about Brother Richie when I went to the hospital and we went to, we went to visit Brother Gilbert 
at one of his many stays at the hospital inn. And uh, we, we were visiting him, and, and I was just trying to get through the, the scanning process there. And Brother Richie's over there witnessing, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm going to see Brother Gilbert. And then I realized he's doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I should be doing what he's doing. And we need to make sure that we have this, this, this bond in our lives to witness for the Lord. The Bible says in John 15, 26, when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you, Jesus said from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. I mean, listen, the Holy Spirit of God will give us the compassion and the urgency. And this is what Paul was sharing with those in Ephesus. He says, look, I, I, everywhere I go, and you read it, we read it a minute ago, that Paul went public with Jesus. I mean, listen, in this day and hour, people are coming out of the closet. They're sharing everything. I mean, nothing shocks the world today and the one thing the world does need to hear is that Jesus loves them and he died for their sins. But yet so many times as Christians, we don't do like Paul. We don't go public with Jesus. Paul went from house to house. People say, why do you still go soul winning? Because the Bible tells us. Paul went house to house. He carried the gospel with him everywhere that he went. Uh, he testified to others about the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes as Paul would go to people, uh, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but sometimes his message or the message of the gospel wasn't received eagerly. You ever had one of those? I know that a lot of times Brother Mike and I, we've had some discussions, and I think he said he, he knocked on a door, and he was standing there on the front porch, and somebody opened up the blind, and they said to him, no one's home. <laughs> Brother Mike's like, who are you? You know, I mean, somebody's in there. One time he was trying, he was knocking on the door. And I, I guess all this happens to Brother Mike a lot of times, but he was knocking on the door and he kept hearing his voice. And I was standing over there and I was watching and somebody's, somebody's talking to him and Brother Mike's going like this. He's just, he's like, God, he just, he can hear the voice, but he can't see anybody. He's looking over, and they were up on the balcony up above him, yelling down at him. He had no idea. I was standing back there laughing so hard. I was watching the thing. But listen, when we think about this, it's so important that even though, listen, even though people don't always want to hear the message. I mean, I knew when I went to see my dad, my dad wasn't going to be eager to hear the message of the gospel. But that shouldn't stop us from wanting people to know about Jesus. We need to be faithful, even when people don't want to hear. We need to be faithful to tell them about the love of God. And Paul wanted others to know about Jesus in spite of whatever pain it may bring into his life, whatever persecution that might happen to him. The Bible says he told them, that he goes, look, I've kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. He, he was sharing everything that he could about the truth. God had given him a passion to share the truth. And we must do the same thing to those that are lost. The Bible says that, listen, the truth shall make you what? Free. free. You want to help somebody get free this Christmas season? It's not by using a plastic card. It's about telling them about Jesus. I'll tell you this, when somebody gets saved, they will thank you and thank you and thank you for telling them about Jesus. See, as we witness, I think just like Paul in his life, there will oftentimes be suffering along the way. And I see that Paul was bound by compassion. He had a burden for people. And Paul was a man that was bound to witness. He was bound in the spirit. But notice, secondly, he was also bold in tribulation. I mean, we've been talking about some of the things that happened in Paul's life. And the Bible gives us much about what came into his life. But listen, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, that's a promise from God, suffer persecution. I, look, persecution varies. I mean, you know, it may be the silent treatment sometimes. That may be the persecution. It might be something more severe. There are Christians in this world over in the Middle East that have lost their lives for their faith in Christ. And we understand here, just like in Paul's life, that tribulation comes to those who are faithful. So what did Paul do whenever tribulation, and by the way, he says, if I go to Jerusalem, I know that something's going to befall me there. Notice what he did. He anticipated trials. Now, Paul was no stranger to trials. 
Look at, look at the Bible says here, and every time I read this, I, I'm just amazed. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Hey, listen, what is Paul saying here? He's indicating how that he expected to suffer, and suffering was not something new to Paul. It was a part of his life as a child of God because of his witness, and when he was going to Jerusalem, he knew that some of the very same things, and by the way, I'll tell you this, that Paul was probably thinking to himself, look, God has been faithful to me before, and God will be faithful to me again. Remember what David said, he says, hey, who is this uncircumcised who is this giant this loud mouth here that's defying our god he says hey listen i remember a day when a lion and a bear came he says and god help me with those well who is this uh, this philistine here you know if god's been faithful before god will be faithful again and paul says not knowing the things that, that shall befall me in other words what is going to happen to me now i will tell you this if you fast forward what did happen to paul well according to the Scripture, and according to history, Paul was arrested. Paul was eventually imprisoned. Paul was put on trial. He was taken to Rome. He stood trial before Nero. And eventually, Paul was beheaded for his faith in Christ. He died a martyr. But he was a man that was faithful, and he expected continued suffering, yet he remained faithful. I don't know if you can wrap your mind and your heart around that. But folks, honestly, we don't really know in America what persecution's like. God has still given us the freedom to tell people about the Lord. See, Paul was bold in his tribulation. He anticipated trials, but notice he endured testing. And in, in every trial, and this is what I love as I study this in Paul's life, every trial Paul faced, guess what happened? God was with him. This morning we talked about Emmanuel, God with us. And just like God came down to us at Christmas time, we also understand that when we go through testing and we go through trials and we have tribulation in our lives, that God will be there with us. In verse 23, here's what he said. The Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city say, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. I mean, even after he suffered, even after he was going through this, Paul, as he was going through the suffering and the trials, Paul counted on the Lord's presence in his life, that the Lord was going to be with him. I think that he remembered when he was with Silas and they were there in the jail and their feet were fast in the stocks that the Lord was there with them. Listen, no, no prison, no walls, nothing is going to confine our God from being able to be with his people. And Paul says, look, the Lord has always been present with me. And I love what Peter wrote, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. God cares about you. God cared about Paul. And folks, can I tell you that when we endure some of the testing, that when we believe God cares for us, then we'll understand that God is present with us. God is there with us. Look what Peter said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. I mean, can you sense even Peter saying, Hey, look, just anticipate it. It's going to be a part of your life. It's not some strange thing. It's the norm for a Christian that is being faithful to God. And he says this, but rejoice. I mean, when the fiery trial, when the testing comes, Peter says, rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of whose sufferings? Christ. He says that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. See, these trials, you know what they're going to do? One of two things. Trials are either going to 
shake the very foundation of your faith, or they're going to deepen your dependence, your confidence in God. That's exactly what they did for Paul. They deepened his confidence that God had always been there with him in the past, and guess what? Even if I go to Jerusalem, God is going to be with me even there, even during the testing, even during the trials. He says, while I go through this tribulation, and I'll tell you what, I'm just determined I am going to stay faithful. And that's what we need to do in our lives. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. See, Paul knew that it wasn't about him. He was depending on the Lord. And can I tell you tonight, dependence upon the Lord is the secret to faithfulness. Let me say that again. Dependence on the Lord is the secret to faithfulness. You want to be faithful to God, you trust God, depend on God. Paul was bold in his tribulations, and here's why. Because Paul knew that he had a message that was worth suffering for. That's why he was bold in his tribulations. And so understand that as he was bold in his tribulations, that one thing that Paul did was he kept his sights, not on his sufferings, but he kept his sights on the finish line. I know that a lot of times when I played ball, my dad and other coaches that I had, they would always tell me the same thing. When you make contact, when you hit the ball, don't watch the ball run to first. And I know that a lot of times, I always wanted to see how far that ball went. And when I watched the ball, guess what? I didn't make it to first. You watch runners run, and that's exactly what runners do. They're not supposed to watch the people in the other lanes. They're not supposed to look back to see where everybody else is at. They're supposed to keep their eyes on the finish line. And that's what Paul was doing. Notice thirdly, Paul had a burden to finish. He wanted to hear, and I hope you do too, he wanted to hear these words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, I, I love meat. Anybody else in here like meat? But I don't usually eat my meat well done. But I'm looking forward to that day when he says, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Let me give you four things as we conclude tonight. How you can finish your race. We've used the example of Paul. But I think God has given us this account to help us in December of 2018. How we can finish not only this year, but the rest of our lives. Do you know that none of us in here know how much longer we have? Isn't that a sobering thought? I guarantee you, most of us in here tonight would have never guessed that Brother Richie wouldn't be here. I was at my house the other day, and I was waiting on Brother Kenny to show up, and I, was, I, I got a message, and I was checking my phone, and I don't know why, but a lot of times I guess I never go back and, and listen to messages, because usually I, I hear them when they call, and I don't, I don't ignore them. I usually try to answer them all, but I had some that were in my phone, and I, I've, I've intentionally kept messages, voicemail messages from my mother and my father. It's kind of, that's one of the neat things I like about phones. And when I was scrolling down through there, there was a couple messages on my phone from Brother Richie. And I listened to him. I don't know if Richie finished his life the way he should. That's not my business. You know whose business my business is? Mine. I'm not so much concerned. I mean, as a pastor, I care. Even the message tonight, God gave this message to me to help you to be faithful as you finish your race. But I'm concerned about how I finish my race. And here's four things I want you to see that will help us to be faithful as we finish our race for the Lord. Notice the first one is this. Do not overvalue self. Don't overvalue self. I mean, I think a lot of times we're our own greatest hindrance, are we not? I mean, really. We either elevate ourselves or we depreciate ourselves. We're, we're good at that. 
Paul, the Bible says, Paul didn't count his life dear unto himself. You know, he's, he says that, uh, he used the word dung. Amazing, some of the terminology that God allowed, but here's what Paul did do. He wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, he completely, wholly gave his life over to the Lord. Look at verse 24 again. None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. What an attitude. So that I might, look, when he denies self, when he puts the Lord first, he says, if I do that, he says, I can finish my course with what? With joy. He says, and the ministry that, by the way, I've received from the Lord Jesus Christ to do what? To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So, you know, he wasn't valuing himself. All the times here's what we do is we pride ourselves on what we consider to be our strengths. Really, the whole time, we have hopes that people cannot see what our weaknesses really are. We hone in on that, our, our, our strengths. Listen, if there's anybody in the Bible, it's this man we've been talking about tonight, the Apostle Paul. If there was anybody that had the credentials to boast, it was Paul. Look what, it, and God allowed him to write these words, but look at it in Philippians 3. He writes of himself, circumcised the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews. That's an interesting phrase, Brother Robert. The he, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, he says, I was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, he says, persecuting the church. Remember how Paul went out of his way? He went six days to Damascus to bring men and women from their houses and to put them into prison and maybe put their lives to, to death for their faith in Christ. The Bible says that he, he was zealous towards the church. And the Bible tells us here that his, his life, his pedigree, was that he persecuted the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law. Paul says, I was blameless. But what things were, look at these words, gained to me. In other words, I could put a feather in my hat, put a notch on my wall. He says, those things that were gained to me, those I counted loss. See, what matters to us doesn't matter. By the way, you do know what the streets in heaven are going to be paved out of, right? Think about how much we make out of gold here in this world. You know, to God, gold is asphalt. He says, those things that I counted, he says, they're just loss. But notice, it's loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom, look at this, I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. Why? That I may win Christ. What a tremendous testimony, how Paul didn't overvalue himself. If we're going to finish our race that God has given to us, this life, if we're going to finish it faithful, then we must keep our eyes on the Lord and not on ourselves. Many times I think people quit serving the Lord because when they got into this matter of serving the Lord, they thought that they could get something out of it, that they would benefit from it. And when it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, they just quit on the Lord. Can I tell you that expectations will ruin your heart for God? Having expectations, they'll take you out of the race. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall be on the morrow? He says, What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat in the body than raiment? Folks, there are going to be good times, yeah. And there's going to be some bad times, tough times, as we serve the Lord. But we need to know that uh, Christ is better than anything in this life. And what we should live our lives to do is to accomplish His purpose and His will in our lives. We'll never do that if we're valuing ourselves. What we need to do is value the Lord. But notice the second thing we can do if we're going to finish faithful. Not only... 
don't overvalue self, but secondly, rely on the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Remember I told you that Paul had become so dependent upon God. And this is what we need to do is rely on the Lord. We don't have to, in our lives, each and every one of us, in and of ourselves, we don't have what it takes without God. Remember the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. We don't have it of ourselves. Eventually, here's what's going to happen. If we try to do it in our own efforts, we're going to come to the end of ourselves. And at that point, we're going to wipe out. But if we rely on the, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, the end of our strength is really the threshold of His strength. In other words, when we come to the end of ourselves, that's really when God can use us. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, "Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paul, in his life, he counted on the Holy Spirit of God in many areas of his life, especially in the area of convicting people as he declared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul didn't rely on his speaking abilities, and Paul didn't rely on his eloquence, and Paul didn't rely on his experience or maybe some power that he held. Paul didn't rely on persuading the people. Paul relied, and he knew that he needed the Lord. He needed the Lord. You and I are the same. The only way that we're going to be uh, able to finish our race faithful is if we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled or controlled by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God. See, with the renewing power of the Holy Spirit, guess what we can do? We can continue our race. We need His power, His strength. The Bible says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed, how often? Day by day. And guess what you and I need tomorrow, what we needed today? We need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit of God. We need to make sure we're not overvaluing ourselves, relying on the Holy Spirit. The third thing, if we're going to finish our race faithful, is that we need to value the service of Christ. Remember Paul said in verse 24, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for he, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Every time I read that, I think about myself because I know that I don't deserve to be where I'm at today it is all of the Lord's doing. But can I tell you, in your life too, you ought to feel the same way, that thanks be to God because God has counted me faithful. God has put me into the ministry, and when God saves us, God has a ministry for all of us. Look what the Bible says. We a lot of times don't read Ephesians 2.10. This morning I read verses 8 and 9, which deal with salvation. But after we are saved, look at this verse, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know what that means? After you're saved, God already has a work for you. God already has a purpose for your life. Every Christian has a purpose for living, and it's far bigger. Listen, that job that you're working, it's just a means that God has given to you to be there. I told one of the men that came by and we sat in my office and we talked. He was telling me about some things that were happening on his job. And I said, did you ever stop and think about this? That maybe God gave you that job and God knew that this was going to happen so that you have an opportunity to witness to those and be a witness for the Lord on your workplace. And he kind of looked at me like, I never really thought about that. Because oftentimes we think about the job. But understand that God has a purpose. And what is that purpose? That we would be a minister of the gospel. The Bible says, therefore seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. In other words, let's make sure that we're being faithful as we minister to the Lord. And we see here that he wants us to minister. He has given us a ministry and we should live our lives for something far greater than a paycheck. We should live our lives for the service of the Lord himself. And then notice the last thing, if we're going to be faithful to the end, is we need to decide like Paul did, we need to decide to finish our course with joy. That's what he did. Paul wasn't content. Listen, 
He wasn't just content just to simply finish. You know, that's, I love watching events like the Olympics because I think about those athletes, and, and I know they expend a lot of energy, a lot of, lot of exercise, a lot of conditioning, things like that. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. When they run that race, they've been training for that for years and years, maybe a lifetime. And it's serious business to them. And they're, they're like Paul. They don't want to just simply finish that race. Paul was determined to finish with joy. There was a race, Olympic race years ago, and, and I remember reading that, how the man, he, he fell, I don't know how many times during his race. It was one of these where they run out of the stadium, kind of a marathon kind of thing. They run for, I don't know how many miles, 26 miles, whatever it is, and then they finish the race, they come back into the stadium, and the record is, is that they ran this race and all the participants had finished. A lot of them had actually gone home. They had already given out all the medals. But word came that there was still one runner that was still running the race. It was dark outside. People were starting to, some cars and police were around him. They had lights on him to make sure he was safe. I remember he had blood on one of his legs. He was pretty beat up. I remember after he came across that finish line, Somebody stuck a microphone in his face and they said to him, why did you keep running the race? It started so long ago. And the thing that amazed me was, yes, he said, I didn't come here to quit. I came here to finish the race. But even with the blood on his leg and the pain that he was in, he had a smile on his face. Because he counted it a joy to run that race for his country. And I don't know what you're going to go through. I don't know what you'll endure in the Christian life. I don't know if persecution is going to change here in the United States of America or not. But I'll tell you this. Are you going to let the devil rob you of your joy? Paul says, I want to finish my course with joy. Look at this, this passage here in 2 Timothy. This was, this was written, many believe, hours before Paul was taken by the executioner. And I want you to look at these words. He says, I've fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And he says, and not to me only. I'm not the only one that's being faithful. I'm not the only one that's running my race. I'm not the only one that's going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Paul says here, he says, but unto all them also that love his appearing. In other words, all those other people that are being faithful to the Lord. I believe Christians should minister with joy, even when they're suffering, even though we're going through times of testing, that we need to have a spirit like Paul did. I mean, some people, they, they're saved and they're going to finish their race, but their, their joy is gone. I think Paul, all that he had been through, all the beatings and the shipwreck and all that he went through, I think Paul's spirit was one that was still attractive. It was one that I believe was contagious. He wasn't going to let the devil rob him of the joy that he had from the Lord. And I think we need to keep, do like Paul, keep our eyes on the Lord. Determine that we're going to finish with joy. I mean, can you imagine what it was like, and I think about things like this, when Paul had the privilege to step out of this world and to step into the presence of God. I would tell you this, that he probably was glad that he had finished his course and that he finished it with joy. And I hope that you're thinking about that in your life, that one day you and I, we will also stand before the Lord. Will you hear those words? Well done. I've read many accounts of the man by the name of General Booth, William Booth, who a lot of us will start to see in the season, the little red kettles, people standing outside the stores, Salvation Army. And William Booth was a man that was greatly stirred like the Apostle Paul by the needs, but his were for the poor people in London. And Booth realized that most churches, sadly, were doing nothing to reach, as he called them, the undesirables. These were people that were drunkards. They were morphine addicts. 
They were prostitutes and poor. Booth set out to reach them in what he called the three S's. The first S, soup. The second S, soap. The third S, salvation. These were the three things that he wanted to reach out to those that no one else cared about. And thousands, according to the testimony, were saved among those that most churches had no interest in reaching. Booth gave his life for the cause of reaching others in his 80s. Are you listening? In his 80s, Booth's work began to be hindered by blindness. He briefly lost his sight and then he recovered it, but later he lost his vision permanently. His son, Bramwell, came to bring him the bad news that he would never see again. And listen to what Booth told his son. God must know best, Bramwell. I have done what I could for God and the people with my eyes. Now I shall do what I can for God and the people without my eyes. Sounds to me like Booth just wanted to be faithful to the end. May God help us to be faithful. It's time to decide. Let's bow our heads this evening with our heads bowed. Lord, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that you've encouraged us, challenged us through the life of the Apostle Paul. Lord, I'm thankful for the many things that not only he encountered and, and endured, but Lord, I'm thankful for the testimony that you were with him every step of the way. I pray tonight something encouraged some saint, Lord, to help us to stay in the race, to continue on, to press on the upward way, Lord, to be faithful till the end of our race. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be bound by compassion. Lord, help us to be bold in tribulation. Lord, I pray in every area of our lives that we would have a burden for the lost. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the invitation tonight. Lord, if we need to do business with you, may we do it before we leave tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.